Hi there, we really hope you enjoy this teaching from The Message. To find out more about all the exciting things we're doing and how you can get involved, check out our website, message.org.uk. been away in Africa for the month of October, having a beautiful time in Joburg and Cape Town and then up to Uganda and uh, Kenya and I got back two weeks ago actually and on the first day back in the office, the first meeting I had was with Sam Ward, Sam's bringing me up to speed with everything, the message and he said to me, oh we had such a brilliant time with the leadership team. And we all decided, rather than we normally, when we meet as a message leadership team, we normally have to worship, pray for one another. Um, but Sam said, I really felt we should study together Isaiah chapter 60. And I'm like, what did he just say? And then he said, we studied it, it was amazing. We all went away and wrote down our thoughts and shared our thoughts with the rest of the leadership team. Then we went into the prayer house. We then go for a prayer meeting on a Tuesday afternoon with the rest of the team. And Isaac, who sat on the front row here, was in the prayer house. And Isaac said to the, not knowing that they'd just been studying Isaiah 60, said, I really think Isaiah 60 is important. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing, Sam. It's even more amazing because the last thing, pretty much, that John Bunjo, this fella, John Bunjo's like, had like a massive, where's John Bunjo gone? There he is. John Bunjo's had like this massive impact on the message. He's an amazing guy who lives in Kampala, just outside Kampala, doing extraordinary work. But he hears the Lord for this movement and prays for us about as much as anyone on earth and has these incredible words for us. But he said to me, just before I left Kampala, he said, Andy, you and your leadership team need to study Isaiah 60. You need to mine Isaiah 60 because God's got stuff for you out of Isaiah 60 that's going to shape the movement. And you said you need to read it seven times. You need to go again and go again and go again. So I can't resist the temptation as we bring this conference into land to dig in a little bit to Isaiah chapter 60. Don't you love the book of Isaiah? I spent three years teaching Isaiah at the message. I wrote three books about it. And I love the fact that Isaiah is like four, 670 years before Christ. It's the word of Isaiah to Jerusalem and the people of Israel. It's a prophetic word to the nation, but it's also looking forward to the Messiah. There's loads of messianic prophecies all about Jesus. Amazing words about Jesus. But then there's a third horizon. We can literally reliably take Isaiah on. It's for now. Isaiah can become a kairos word, a now word for the message. We can take those words. This is how God works. Isaiah chapter 60 starts like this. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. I read those words. How many times have I read those words in nearly 50 years of being a Christian? But it hit me with fresh power, even this week, because right at the start of Isaiah 60, it speaks to me of our bit and Jesus' bit. Jesus' bit, he's, he's the light of the world. Your light has come. Jesus came. Whenever Jesus went, the darkness was extinguished. The darkest life, the darkest communities were lit up by the love of Jesus. You can read about it in the gospel. It's amazing. You can see what he's doing all over the world. That's his bit. He's the light of the world. He is the light of the world. God come to earth going, hello. Whenever God's around, darkness is extinguished. But there's our bit as well. Arise, shine, people, for your light has come. 
We have to arise and shine. Did you ever have your mum say to you or your dad, you know, when you were 14 and it's like two o'clock in the afternoon and you can't be bothered getting out of bed? Rise and shine. But I believe God's saying to his church, rise and shine, rise and shine because your light has come. Jesus is the light of the world and he said, I am the light of the world. But guess what he also said? He also said, you are the light of the world and it can't be hidden. You must not put a basket over the light. You must put the light on a stand and let it shine. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 to 16. The only thing we're not allowed to do as Christians is put a bowl over the light. If we'll just put the lamp on a stand, Jesus will shine through us and the world will not know what it's hit, what's hit it. I love meeting people wherever I go with a message. People like we heard loads of stories, haven't we? And had a beautiful time. Like two days after I got back from Africa, we had this uh, business guy coming over from uh, Canada who was looking at supporting the message. And I get the privilege of showing these people around the message. And it was like God teed this whole meeting up. I just felt he did. I felt he did. Every corner I walked around, it was people like Lauren. And Lauren is just telling her story. And Lauren's story is, you know, she was suicidal. She went to kill herself. Then she went along to a message gig, gave her life to Christ. An Eden team discipled her. She went on our academy program. She's now working full-time to the messages. One of our most rampant evangelists who's winning people to Jesus, left, right, and center. We went around the corner. Next person we met was Cyril. Cyril's in the room tonight somewhere. Cyril's a legend of the message, but he was so broken. So broken, self-harming, suicidal, in and out of prison, terrible abuse in his background. But then Jesus comes in and the message disciples him for Jesus. And he's now this beautiful servant in our church. He was just a blessing to everybody. We went into the studio. Nick was there. Nicky, you've just seen performing with, uh, with Kai and Jamal, but he was with another guy called Austin. Another guy, unbelievable history of, you know, drugs and crime and nonsense. And, but then Jesus came into Austin's life and Nick's rapping with Austin about Jesus and this businessman, like, what's going on here? We then went and there was Tyson and Arthur Tyson's family are here tonight. Honestly, all, there they are, yes. <laughs> All we need for revival is for the church to do what Tyson does. Because Tyson invites everything that moves to church. And to them, he's 11 years old and he's a machine for the gospel. And his whole family's been baptized. He's, his whole, he's God sweeping through his family. So many people from his family, from this little guy we met on a park with our Eden bus in Withenshaw. And Tyson's running around the MEC and I'm trying to pin him down, but he's alive for Jesus and his family's being changed. It's beautiful. Then again, they introduced him to Joe. Joe is the manager of our cafe, which is the number one cafe on TripAdvisor in Manchester. Out of something like 1,100 cafes, Joe had this horrendous background of heroin abuse. His brother was a heroin addict. He died of heroin addiction. His best mate, he shot up and in a toilet next to him and died. His mother and father both died through alcohol abuse. All Joe knew was death and carnage. That's where Satan operates. Have you spotted that tonight? Satan wants to steal, kill, destroy. But then Jesus comes in and there's another story. It's called Life and Life to the Full. 
Since Joe took over the cafe, the turnover of the cafe has more than doubled. And we've gone to being number one on TripAdvisor. And this guy whose life was carnage is now doing amazing things for the kingdom. And he's telling this story. And then finally, I met Sam, who you heard share this morning. This is Sam getting baptised at Message Community Church. And you heard her awful story when she came along to the grocery, such a broken woman who didn't even want to live. She's now one of the most passionate, authentic Jesus followers I have literally ever met. She's on fire for Jesus and loving life in our Eden, serving on our Eden team. And I'm just meeting these people one by one. And you know what happened? I'm like, I don't need to say anything. But Isaiah 60 talks about when God starts to move, when we rise and shine and Jesus starts to do what he can do because he's the light of the world. It says your heart will swell and throb with pride. Isaiah 60 verse 5. And tonight, as I watch that video, as I've heard these stories all day, my heart is swelling and throbbing with pride. Not pride, oh, I got to start this thing. Because it's all about him, isn't it? The things that only he can do. In fact, the picture that I found helpful as I've been reflecting on this this week is the, the sun and the moon. You see, a full moon can light up a whole city. A whole region can be lit by a full moon. But it has no light in itself. The moon has no light in itself. It's just reflecting the light of the sun, isn't it? And we can kind of decide tonight as we come towards the end of this great celebration whether we're going to be kind of um, new moon Christians, a little bit like this. <laughs> whether we're, I got quite a good laugh. That wasn't that funny. I'll do it again. <laughs> We can be new moon. We can be new moon Christians. We can be like just a little bit of Jesus light shining through. Just a little bit. And our rebellion, our sin, our materialism, self-centeredness can just block out the light of Jesus. And we're excited. Or we can be full moon Christians, shining bright for Jesus. Wherever we go, the darkness is pushed back. Dark communities, dark lives, Satan's plans are overcome. What kind of Christian do you want to be? I want to be that full moon Christian that shines fully with the light of Jesus. Come on, Lord, do it. Do it through us. In fact, I'm going to just pray. I've got a couple more things I want to say, but can I pray? Holy Spirit, I pray as this thing comes into land, you'll show us where we stand before you. If there's anything that's stopping us shining bright for you, I pray you'll reveal that to us. You're the light of the world, but you've also said we're the light of the world when we connect to you. You said we can shine bright in communities and transformation will come. Show us what that looks like, Jesus. There's so much more in Isaiah 60 for us now. And the message, I'm convinced of it. And if you see anything... I'd love you to go home and read it and think if you see anything, tell us because we have to mine these scriptures. I honestly believe the Lord's told us to mine these scriptures as we look to this line in the sand and go for the nations, believing for dozens of nations with full-blown message hubs, believing to work in every nation on earth, preaching the gospel and loving the poor and reaching out to the lost like never before. Sounds good, doesn't it? 
In other words, I'm believing that we're going to reach millions and millions of people for Jesus and see his light shine in some very dark lives. We're believing for nothing less. First time John Bunjo ever spoke to us about Isaiah 60 was actually seven years ago. Seven years ago, he came along to the message and said, Andy, I have a word for your movement. You need to gather all the troops. And, and so I gathered everybody obediently and on a Thursday morning. And, and John Bunjo brought this word and his word was, arise, shine for your lights come, Isaiah 60. And I was sat on the front row and he said, and you need to get away and seek the Lord. I went away to the Lake District and I put a CD in my car as I drove away on this retreat. I managed to get a couple of days. I think he meant 21 days in the desert fasting kind of thing. But I managed to get these couple of days in the Lake District. And on the way, I put a CD in the car and it was Isaiah 60. Paul Hallam didn't know that. Teaching all about Isaiah 60 all my way down to the Lake District. Got to the Lake District, walked in the hills, praying, came back to my hotel room, put my Bible on the bed and I was going to read out of Romans. And as I placed my Bible on the bed, it fell open at Isaiah 60. And I had this incredible time with the Lord for about two hours with the Lord unveiling everything that happened in the previous 23 years of the message. And I felt strongly drawn towards the last words of Isaiah chapter 60. That the least will become a thousand and the smallest and mighty nation. In its time, says the Lord, I'll do this swiftly. And from that moment in the Lake District, things have accelerated for the message. Right the way through the global pandemic, we've accelerated, accelerated in terms of global ministry, accelerated in terms of disciples, open doors and opportunities, some of which you've heard about today. God's on the move and we're seeing the least, the people with the least opportunities, the least education, you'd say, the least potential, some would say, and the starting to win thousands and the promise is the least will become a thousand, the smallest, a mighty nation. Because multiplication starts to take place. Kingdom multiplication. Isn't that the most exciting thing in the world? That's what we can be part of. That's what we are part of. And in its time, and in the history of our nation, there's been times when God just did things so swiftly. And we feel things accelerating. Whenever I go, it's open doors like you can't believe at the moment. God's got something truly, truly amazing for us. What a joy. Don't forget to check out message.org.uk to find out how you can support our work or even get involved with one of our teams. We also have another podcast called The Flow Podcast where we share stories and testimonies of the amazing things that God's doing in people's lives. Search for The Flow Podcast on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.